You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to your phone calls momentarily. We're going to bring in Clark Judge of CBS.com, a giant in the business of NFL knowledge. Hello, Clark. Hey, Howard. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Hanging in there, you know, like everybody. Um, tell me why uh, the people in Pittsburgh are down on Mike Tomlin. I know they've lost three in a row. But, I mean, look, I'm a Mike Tomlin guy. I think he's a hell of a coach. So is he part of the problem, or is it is it more than that? It's more than that. I mean, certainly he's one of the most consistent head coaches in the NFL. He's had 16 seasons without a losing season, and, and that speaks volumes for any coach in today's game. But you look at some of the players they've got. I mean, Kenny Pickett's a quarterback. I, I don't know that he's the solution. In fact, I think he's probably not. But here in his uh, second year, it doesn't look uh, much better than he did in his first. He has glimpses. But um, you just wonder about, you know, him. And, and then uh, uh, like, take someone like George Pickens. He's an extraordinarily talented wide receiver, extraordinarily talented. But you wonder about the motor. You know, you saw what happened on that um, touchdown. And that was touchdown, that uh, goal, goal yard run, uh, goal, goal the goal we uh, played last week at Jalen Warren when he um, he didn't block. He just right. stood around. He's, he's got some sideline annex, and and it's and it's something where you, you kind of go, what's going on? And he was criticized by a couple of his uh, teammates. And then you know, I was talking to Heinz Ward today, and Heinz Ward said, "We never had that. Back. We we never would have done that." And there's sort of a sense of entitlement. He said, "And I don't get these guys." He said, "It's like there's some sort of selfish." attitude that goes on that never went on with the Steelers before. Um, I don't know if, if, you know, that goes to the head coach. I don't think it does. I mean, doesn't, he suddenly hasn't learned how to, uh, forgotten how to coach. Mike Tomlin's a very good coach. Some of these players, though, um, you, you just have to wonder w- whether they're actually that good or they're that motivated, motivated. But they also, they lost some key people on defense, too. A couple linebackers. Um, you know, the safety's been out for a while. But um, they're just not. They're not a very good team in terms of talent right now. I think on one side of the ball, I'm talking about offense. They've got some key people, uh, wide receiver. I think uh, Deontay's good. I think uh, Pickens can be a terrific receiver. I think actually could be a great receiver. I don't know what, what causes them to do that. I, I don't know why you would do something like that. So um, I, I'm, not, I'm not down on my comment. I know people in Pittsburgh are because they're incensed that they lost to two teams that hadn't won more than two games in successive weeks, and they lost last week, and they're a three-game slide when it looked as if, at one point, they were sitting there at, um, I think they had seven wins, and it looked like the next four games. But they're going to be 11-4. and four. They're, they're playing sub-500 teams in the last three of those games, and that was the fourth one was coming up. But um, that's why. They, they're down because they wanted to go to the playoffs. They thought they were going to the playoffs. The team actually wasn't that good, and, and now you find out that it isn't. They've got a home game uh, this Saturday against Cincinnati. Both teams in a must-win situation. There will be a change at quarterback for Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, but I mean, does he actually get people excited in Pittsburgh? The answer is no. I mean, he's the third option now. So you're going to your third string quarterback. I mean, the, the difference here between Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati at this point, you look at Cincinnati and Jake Brown has given them something to root for. I mean, they, they're not going to have a chase this weekend. So uh, you look at them and say, well, can Cincinnati win that game? Yeah, because they're putting points on the board. The reason people in Pittsburgh are so down on this team is because it's dull. I mean, it's where they don't they don't score. They they, they, can't, they can't get out of their own way. And uh, it's, it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and dull. Um, and 
they are right now. They're not playing very well. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Tom will find something there. This is a game they can win. Maybe it's a game they should win. But if you look at the two teams in recent weeks, Cincinnati's found something with Jake Browning. They really have. Now, I don't think they're going anywhere either. But the fact of the matter is they're still alive. They, they want life support. He, he's kept them alive. Pittsburgh's circling the drain right now, and they need to do something immediately. And this is a game that they could win, maybe should win. But we said that the last three weeks, and it hasn't happened. Buffalo's in uh, L.A. to play the Chargers. Buffalo, you know, I watched that team, and I, I watched what they did to Dallas. And then weeks before, they looked like a team that had no direction whatsoever. They have been pretty inconsistent. And a lot of people are picking them to go deep into the playoffs. Are you? Yes, I am, because they're getting hot at the right time. Listen, that's a good team. At midseason, I, I gave up on them because they lost three starters in, in uh, London when they played Jacksonville. Came back, lost the cornerback, White, and, and I thought, you could lose four starters in Micah Hyde without last week. I thought there's no way they can survive this. Somehow they have. And you look at what they did to Kansas City, and you look at what happened last weekend, and then you say, well, wait a second. They've got Josh Allen as a quarterback. That, he can take you anywhere. But do you have the parts around him? And the fact of the matter is, yes, they do. And you look at what happened last week. He only had to throw 15 times, completed nine, I think, for under 100 yards. You know, how do they possibly win? Because they ran for like 270. Uh, that's not like the Buffalo Bills, but they're finding ways to win now, and they're beginning to get momentum at the right time of year. It's a good team. And with Josh Allen, I think anything's possible. They're building momentum. Uh, it's kind of an us-against-them mentality, you know, about their Sean McDermott stuff a, a week or two ago. I think that rallied the team. So they go to Kansas City. They shouldn't win that game. They do. The week before, they, they, they shouldn't have beaten Philadelphia. And then, you know what? They could have, and they probably should have, except for that 59-yard field goal. It's a miracle field goal. That's the gun that sends Philadelphia to overtime, and they win. So they've had stellar games against Philadelphia, Kansas City, and then last week against Dallas. In succession, they're building something now. Chargers are a dead team. I mean, I've covered that team for years. They're a mess. They are a mess right now. They're just looking to get out of the season. So um, Buffalo win this one. I mean, Buffalo could win out. I mean, it's, it's still possible. You look at their schedule, and you look at the Miami Dolphins' schedule, it's possible that that last game between Buffalo and Miami is for the AFC East. And if it is, look out. I still think look out anyway for anyone who, who's going to play Buffalo if and when they make the playoffs. They're the team that nobody, nobody wants to face now. All right, you've got on Sunday, you've got a marquee game in Dallas at Miami that you're just talking about. If I were a cornerback, who's the one guy that would give me nightmares that I was defending Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuel? Yeah, it's probably Tyreek Hill. I, Debo Samuel is a terrific player, a, a great player. And, and uh, 49ers are another team I covered. But um, Tyreek Hill is at a, at a different level. I mean, so much so that we're talking about him as an MVP candidate. There's never been a wide receiver as an MVP. There just hasn't been. And you look at what he's doing, and it's extraordinary. I mean, when, when he doesn't play, they're a different team. And I think he's a legitimate MVP candidate. I vote on it. I don't think he'll win it. But I think he's a legitimate MVP candidate because without him, you, you saw what they looked like. They, now, last week, they, they looked good because they were playing your team. They played the Jets, and the Jets looked awful. But the, the Dolphins are a different team with him on the field. Um, I, I look at this game, and I think, you know, Dallas at home, I don't know what the deal is with them. They're just a different team at home. I mean, they went by double digits. They don't get beaten. They've won 15 straight games there. So I, I think Dallas will rebound. They got spanked last week. I think they probably will rebound. And I think there's a, uh, someone pointed out today that uh, Dolphins is something like 0-3 against a team with, 
with uh, winning records. I, they they want to get rid of that reputation. I mean, there was a time when we were saying, well, what's Dallas done against teams with winning records? They couldn't beat them. Well, then they did. But um, I think for Miami, this is this is a big deal because they look at Buffalo and they see them in the rearview mirror. They said, we don't want to play these guys for for the division title. We don't. So um, I, I think this is a huge game for both teams. But if you had to put a gun to my head right now, I said Dallas wins this one. Uh, did I hurt you in some way at, at some point in time? You just referred to the Jets as my team? Yeah. <laughs> Every time we've been talking in the past, we've been talking about the Jets and how dysfunctional they are. <laughs> I, I watched the game last week with my wife. And she says, what are you doing? I said, watching a football game. She says, this is not a football game. I said, I know, but I feel bad. My grandson's a diehard Jet fan. I feel for him. You know, I mean, it's family first. I mean, my family, they have season tickets to the games. They'd love to tailgate, and I get all of that. But what I watched last Sunday was not professional football. I'm sorry. That, that team was as unprepared as I've ever seen a football team. Yeah, I didn't watch much of it, but I read enough in the New York papers to know that's exactly what happened. But, Howard, you're on to something here. First of all, two things. One, you should always listen to your wife. You should know that by now. <laughs> and secondly, is that, that Tom Brady was right when he said there's a lot of mediocre football in today's NFL. He's absolutely right. You know, there was some pushback. Alex Smith says something, but Brady's right. I mean, I watched a 3 to nothing game this year. I saw a 6 nothing Charger game over New England, New England Patriots. There's some bad football out there. I mean, at one point, I think it was last weekend, one entire division, we're talking about the NFC South, they, they were below 500. You know, and, and I think last week, two weekends ago, you had 12 backup quarterbacks starting. It, it's just the caliber of play isn't what we're used to. I think this is, is you know, a situation where the NFL should look at itself goes, what are we doing wrong? Well, they're not because they're cashing checks and they're packing stadiums and the ratings are off the charts. But when you look at the caliber of play, Brady's right mediocre football there's a lot of it out there that the haves are much fewer than the have-nots a lot of have-nots in today's game and uh, a lot of bad games you're right brandon staley gets fired as a charger coach after losing 63 27 to the uh, raiders yeah. uh but here's the question i've got buffalo crushes dallas last week right 31 to 10 yeah yeah could you imagine yep. mike mccarthy listening to jerry jones in the locker room after the game I mean, uh, if, uh, Jerry, I've spoken to him once in my life on the field before a game. And to talk to him, you want to just, every, you know, walk over and just bang your head against the wall. Jerry, you haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1995. What exactly right. is wrong with this picture? Yeah, we know what's wrong with the picture, but he's not going to address it. Not, he's the owner and acting GM. So that's what's wrong with the picture. Um, and, and what's wrong with this team, and has been for a long time, is those big games they don't show up in. And that game last week, it was a big game for Buffalo. It was a big game for Dallas. It was certainly bigger for Buffalo. Dallas goes into it and knows, oh, wait a minute, we've qualified for the playoffs. Well, guess what? He's just <laughs> taking a spanking 31 to 10. They weren't in that game at all. I mean, they were completely outplayed from beginning to end. And and I, I've talked to Jerry Jones many times. He, I think he's a charmer. I mean, I like listening to him. But you're right. He probably has some choice words for Mike McCarthy. But you go, well, we're going back to Dallas. We don't lose there. You know, we're going, we'll win there. We don't lose there. So um, can we go deep in the playoffs? I, I don't think so. But um, the, the NFC is San Francisco in a cast of thousands. That's what it is right now. The, the Eagles are a descending team. And so um, could they wind up somehow in a 
championship game is possible. But to me, all roads go through San Francisco. And right now, there's not, to my mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a better team out there, NFC or AFC. Yeah, no, completely agree. He's Clark Judge of CBS.com. I'll tell you a little story. I, I don't know if you know this. Years ago, the late Dan Reeves worked a bunch of games with me uh, on national radio. Uh, we're in New Orleans. I think the Giants were in town to play the Saints. And we go to this restaurant, and we're having dinner. And uh, I said to him, uh, what is going on with the Dallas Cowboys? He said, well, I can tell you now because it, it's over. And I said, what? He had a deal to come in and run the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Reeves did. And then the night before he was going in to sign a contract, his son, Dan Reeves' son, who was his attorney, by the way, he said, Dad, you got to look at one clause in the contract. The clause said that Dan had to be the first guy in in the morning and the last guy to leave at night, and he wasn't about to do that. So when he questioned yeah. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones said, yeah. So, I mean, he had a guy, a good, a football guy and Dan Reeves, and I don't know how many other guys have fit that mold, but that tells you maybe all you need to know. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, I, I, they've had some success, but they're not getting where – he wants to be, and you're right. You look at where this, when's the last time they've been in a Super Bowl? It was '95, and that's when they had Aikman and Emmett and right. Michael Irvin. And you just look at that. You know, they had the, the triplets then, and that's a long time ago. I mean, that's when I was covering the 49ers, the 49ers and Cowboys every year, basically playing for the Super Bowl when they're playing for the NFC Championship. So um, those were great Dallas teams, but they haven't had any since then. They've had teams that look like they're going to be great. It teams that look like they could go deep and they didn't, you know, and, and this team sort of teases you the same way, but just when you want to believe in them, they let you down, you know, and just when you don't want to believe in Buffalo, they pick you up. And, and so that was a real pendulum swing there last weekend. And I look at this Dallas team, I think it's going to be the same old, same old. Now, the only reason, as I said, I hold out hope for them is because the rest of the NFC landscape isn't really strong. I mean, Philadelphia is your hurdle. But Philadelphia right now is losing losing steam. They're, they're running out of gas, and um, I, it hurts. He looks he looks hurt to me at times. Um, he looks like he's just not right. I, I realize I know the leg injury was an issue at one point, but just doesn't look the same. Um, they, they just look a little bit out of sync right now, and now we know they've got a, a losing uh, streak going on, and, and people in Philadelphia are beginning to wonder. Doesn't matter it, right now. It doesn't matter because everyone's playing for runner up to San Francisco. So could it be Dallas? Could it be Detroit? Um, you know, it, it, there's just not a strong field beyond that. So I think it's very possible that Dallas could end up in the championship game. Do I think it will happen? No, because there will be something screwy that happens up when they <laughs> go on the road. And we know when they go on the road, they're three and four. They're a different team. When they're at home, yeah, they're bulletproof. They had to get a home game. You're not going to get one unless, unless Philadelphia completely screws the pooch and, and, and goes south for the rest of the season. That's not going to happen. They've got a very easy schedule the Giants twice, as a matter of fact, but yep. it's got a very easy schedule. So uh, Philadelphia will have the home field um, in, in terms of that division, winning the division. But uh, San Francisco will be the home field advantage throughout the playoffs, unless you know some of the story happens there. But Dallas had to have that, and they're not going to get it. So to me, when they go on the road, that's when they'll be vulnerable, and that's when they'll probably get I think uh, San Francisco is uh, – you look at what that offense can do, Purdy's having a great year. He's leading the NFL in touchdown passes. He's thrown seven interceptions. Uh, forget, I mean, you got, I mentioned Debo Samuel. You got uh, McCaffrey. You've got Ayuk. I mean, 
They're loaded offensively and defensively. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. So I'm going to say right now, on December 21st, and nothing shocks me, but I'll be surprised if it's not Baltimore and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll, I'll take someone else in Baltimore. I, I, I don't trust them just because of what's happened in the past. And Lamar Jackson, let's face it, he's, he's got to demonstrate that he can win playoff games. I mean, that's the one issue with him. You say, well, okay, I think he's one and three in the playoffs. He, he's got to get that team going. He's playing at an MVP level this year. That team's playing very well. But something always happens when they get to the playoffs, and you go, oh, wow, how did he didn't make it this year? How is that possible? Um, I think it's possible this year. And I'll take I think it's possible if you run into a team like, let's get back to them, the Buffalo Bills. Could Buffalo beat them? I think they could. I think Buffalo could because Buffalo demonstrated to me when they went to Kansas City, they can beat anybody. And then we saw what happened last weekend. I think Buffalo could beat them. Um, then you look at could Kansas City, sure. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, I, in Miami, I, I don't know what to make of Miami. I think this weekend will give us a clue. But, but there are teams there that, that are right with them and teams that aren't that far. As I said with the NFC, you know, you go to San Francisco and they drop way down. Here, you've got Baltimore, and, and then you've got some people, Kansas City, um, Miami, and, and I think, as I said, the scary team is Buffalo that could surprise. So um, I'll, take, I mean, I'll, just, I'll take a flyer. I'll tell you what, I'll take a flyer of the Bills. I'm going to say it'll be San Francisco and Buffalo. The only thing that scares me about the Bills, they're inconsistent. That's the only thing yeah, that bothers are. me. But they're, uh, they're, but they're building right now. They're, no. they're really last three weeks. They've been the last three games have been very consistent. Uh, you know who scares you on Kansas City? Who's well, the player you that scares you? Uh, yes, yeah, the Kel- Kelsey and Mahomes. <laughs> offense. Okay, but All they're right. not winning offensively. They're winning with defense. I mean, their defense has been keeping them in games. Mahomes has been the same guy this year, and you know it's funny because people talk about the drops. Yeah, they've had a ton of drops, but he hasn't been playing particularly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey has been playing well, but you know you double Kelsey and say, okay, who else is going to beat me? Rice is. I mean, he's coming on, but who else is going to beat me on this uh, offense? But that hasn't been the issue. The, the issue for them has been defense, and in terms of that hasn't been the uh, issue in terms of putting them forward. The defense has really propelled this team and played well. Now they're beginning to get some cracks. Some cracks are showing in the defense a little bit. So Buffalo, um, you know, went up and down the field in the first half. In the second half, Kansas City was lights out. But but Mahomes and, and company couldn't close them out on those last two drives. So um, I, 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 offensively, you're right. I mean, they don't have playmakers on the outside. Bryce may be that guy that uh, Mahomes could trust, but to me, it's, it's Mahomes and Pacheco and, and Kelsey, um, and 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 the defense has played very well. Have you had enough of Taylor Swift? <laughs> I had enough of Taylor Swift years ago. My daughter is a Taylor Swift fan. I listened too much to Taylor Swift. Now I got to see her. <laughs> well, I have nothing against the young lady. I really don't. Look, her music—that's not my music. I'm a Motown guy. Yeah. No. Oh, no, my my either mine either. I mean, listen, you and I go way back. I mean, I, I grew up with the uh, English invasion, and I'm a huge Beatles fan. I went to Who concerts, went to a ton of things. I went to I, I went to rock and roll concerts all the time. I don't listen to this at all. Yeah, I think her music's pretty good. Actually, my brother loves her, and I know people my age who do love her. I just don't listen to that music at all. I just don't. And when I hear it, I go, God, it all sounds the same to me. I mean, you, 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 he makes a play. We go to the booth. She's in the booth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not, her, but that's not her fault. That's not her fault. Unless I'll tell you what she said. I saw where she said something about. I can't believe they're putting the camera on me that much. Well, well, then you know what? What it's very easy for you to do. All you have to do is kind of withdraw from the the field of vision. <laughs> I, I went to Yankee games with George Steinbrenner. Was never seen. The reason was because he was back from the view of TV cameras. He didn't want to be seen. But he watched the game. 
but he was out of view from the TV camera. She could do the same thing, but, but the NFL's got to love it. Um, and, you know, fans love it. It's driven uh, all sorts of sales of uh, Kelsey jerseys. Uh, I think probably Taylor Swift paraphernalia, but um, probably good for the game because it gets younger people interested. Yeah. But, I'd rather see. I'd rather see the ball game. I don't want to see Kit Taylor Swift cheering in the in the uh, the, the booth with uh, Britney's uh, moms or whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't disagree. I I look at, I, I I watch I watch football and I'm nuts because I sit there and yell at the television. I, mean, I yell at the television because if I see something, look, I don't pretend to be the most knowledgeable football guy in the world. And I had a conversation with Bill Parcells when I was doing the Jets. And I said, how come you run uh, a play up the middle on first down inside the 10-yard line and run the same play inside the 10-yard line, only now you're at the 8? And then on third down, you run the same play up the middle. He goes, well, genius, what would you do? I said, play action. I said, coach, I feel that the object of the NFL, the object of football is to do whatever it takes to score, right? He goes, I'll mm-hmm. agree with you. And then he said, but why are you saying play action? I said, because to me, if you, if you play fake a play, you get, you get the attention of some people, not just one or two, maybe three or four guys. Um, so he says, okay, I understand that. The next week, I swear as, as sure as my name is, whatever my name is, I'm sure my name is Howard David, that he, uh, they had the ball first and goal inside the 10. He ran play action. And the tight end was wide open for a touchdown. And so in the post-game press conference, some reporter said to him, how come you ran play action on first down inside the 10? He said, because my radio guy told me it was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't hear it because I was up in the booth closing out the broadcast. But my partner, the late Dave Jennings, was downstairs. And he was standing there. And so when I came down, a bunch of reporters saying to me, did you give Parcells the play for this game? I said, what? He goes, well, he's giving you credit. I said, okay, I'll take it. I talked well, to him. Well, now that I know that, the the Jets should hire you as their offensive coordinator. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that job. I don't, I don't want that job. <laughs> I, I, uh, I talked to Parcells uh, last week. I check in with him periodically, see how he's doing. And he, you know, he's done the, the horse. Uh, I don't think he's at the track. He wouldn't be at the track this time of the year, right? No, no, nope. no, not a fair target, no. All right, so, but I talked to him about it because, I'm mean, look, I was around the guy all the time. I mean, as far back as when he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants in 81 before Ray Perkins sure. left, and he got the job. Uh, but then we used to do the the, uh, the coaches' show, so I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I mean, do I think he's the greatest coach in the history of the game? That's subjective. People will say it's Belichick. I don't know. Who is? You tell me. You want me to tell you who I think? I mean, I, I, I probably would say a Lombardi or Paul Brown. Um, I will tell you the guy who I've got as much respect for as any that your listeners would probably be surprised with is Joe Gibbs. I mean, Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, none of whom is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You want to tell me who did that? That's pretty hard hmm. to do. Yeah, well, um, I mean. But, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go Lombardi or uh, Paul Brown, one of those two. I mean, you know, Belichick gets a lot of attention for what he's done, and rightly so. I mean, he, he's had an extraordinary run in a fine, in a uh, salary cap era, which is uh, it won't it won't be replicated. It just won't. I mean, you see something that's going on in New England with the Patriots uh, for twenty years it, that won't happen again. Not in a salary cap era, right? You're but right. 
my 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 asterisk with him, and it always has been, is what's his record without Tom Brady? And I always felt like when Brady was there at the beginning of his career, like you could divide it in half, it was more Belichick than it was Brady, but they kept putting more and more on Brady's shoulders. And by the second half of his career, it was more Brady than it was Belichick. And I think you see what's happened since Brady's departed. And clearly, I mean, we're talking about Jones, Jerry Jones in, in Dallas. I mean, some of the personnel decisions in New England haven't been the greatest, especially with wide receivers. And it's a lot of draft picks, but I'm not sure what he gets out of those draft picks. In fact, I am in the past. He hasn't gotten a whole lot. And so you see what that, what, what's happened is that uh, where Brady actually masked some of those mistakes, once he left, those ex- mistakes were exposed. And now you see a team that is un-Brady-like. They're making a ton of mistakes, um, interceptions, fumbles, penalties, so unlike them, and they can't score, so unlike them. Um, but um, uh, that's why I said, you know, I – uh, Belichick's a great coach. He's a, a, a one of the greatest. But when people say the greatest, they go, ah, I know I've been around too long. I, I, I go back to Brown and, and Lombardi. All right, before I let you go, what the hell is Belichick saying when he's at the podium after a game? I can't understand a word he's saying. Well, that's by design. He doesn't really <laughs> want to be talking to the media. That's by design. I mean, I think his press conference is almost hyster- or hysterical or hilarious <laughs> unless you actually have to cover them. If you're covering that team, it's very difficult because you're getting nothing out of the head coach. Nevertheless, you have to go there and, and, and listen to him. He doesn't want to talk to you, and you don't really necessarily want to listen to him, but you do have questions to ask, and um, those press conferences can be really quick, and they have been. Um, and it's, you know, I, I feel for both sides, but he makes it clear, listen, I really don't want to do this. The only reason I am right. is my obligation. Okay, right. I get that. But um, as I said, if you're not involved and you can step away and, 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 and not be part of the media group and, and be frustrated, you can say it's almost comical, you know, and, and, and I know people feel that way. But it's frustrating if you have to cover that team. Appreciate your time, Clark. You're one of the most intelligent NFL guys I've, I speak to, and I really appreciate your insight. Thanks, Howard. Good talking to you. He is Clark Judge at CBS.com. <laughs> Belichick. Uh, coach. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Speak up. We'll take your calls at 877. Take it back. 800-919-3776. I'm Howard David. This is ESPN New York. Stay with us. You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Salas stood up in front of the uh, gathering. Hey, I've been part of that gathering, so I understand and sometimes the question that is asked of the subject makes you kind of twitch in your seat a little bit. And yesterday, he was asked a question about how aggressive they will be next year. Here's what he said. We're always going to be as aggressive as can be. And, uh, you know, thankfully, we've got a, we do have a tremendous owner who has uh, been willing to, to push the envelope as far as we can. And... Um, you know, we've got to be smart and got to make sure we're doing the right things, but we want to win a championship. We believe we can win a championship. And uh, I know he said two years, but in a perfect situation, we win a championship next year and he walks off in the sunlight, you know, but uh, but that's a whole other discussion for the offseason. I heard that. As a matter of fact, I saw the clip. I saw his facial expression when he delivered that line about how aggressive they were going to be. He said, we're going to be aggressive next year, and the word championship filtered into his answer. And I went, do you really think you should be talking about championship 
when you have been embarrassing in many games this year. There's realism, and then there's, are you kidding me? I have, I don't have any problem with Robert Sala. I really don't. I think he's a fine coach. I think he's got a couple of bad breaks. Obviously, the biggest was on the fourth play of the season when Aaron Rodgers went down for the year. Well, we thought he was going down for the year. But for all intents and purposes, he has gone down for the year because he's not going to play for the rest of the season. But when you talk about building, and this is still a young team, their defense is solid. Is it great? No. Now when you get run over like they got run over last week, their defense is not great. It's good. Their defensive, I mean, Quincy Williams is an all-star. I get it. Their corners are solid. With Sauce and with Reed, yeah, they've got a lot of good moving parts. But let's get to the real business of looking at this Jet team. And you see... In Zach Wilson, a quarterback that was heralded as player of the week last week after they beat Houston. Beat Houston without Stroud. It's not exactly a monumental victory. Yes, Zach Wilson played well. And he had help. He had help from the defense that shut Houston down as you would expect they would because they didn't have their starting quarterback. But please don't tell me that you're talking about championship. And if Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, is feeding you that talking championship, you've got to sit down and give Mr. Johnson an education on the NFL. You don't go from missing the playoffs to winning a championship the next year or even the year after. That's too preposterous to even suggest. And when Staley got fired in L.A., the coach of the Chargers, after they got blown out 63-21 by the Raiders, and Brandon Staley got fired and the general manager got fired, there were friends of mine that are avid Jet fans that were saying, don't you think the Jets should clean house? I said, no. No, I don't. Because there's a period of understanding what the coach is saying to the players and how the players respond. There's this period of understanding to where you either have an understanding of what this team is all about and what it's not. Nathaniel Hackett has had a disastrous year as the offensive coordinator. He was brought in here because Aaron Rodgers wanted him. Having said all of that, I, I, I mean, I, they've had some bad breaks. Obviously, the fourth play of the season's opener. There's the top bad break of the year. You lose your quarterback. Not just a quarterback, but a two-time MVP. So the reality is, if... Aaron Rodgers is healthy enough, and I expect he will be, for next year. Even though he's been activated, he's on the roster for this week's game, he's not going to play. We all know that. But 
you go to next year where you start fresh. And Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. And Brees Hall is your running back. And Garrett Wilson is your best wide receiver. And you've got some good tight ends. But that offensive line is the worst I have ever seen in my entire life of watching this league. True, there have been injuries that have hurt them. You can't help that. That's unfortunately part of the business. And like Hyman Ross said in The Godfather, this is the business we've chosen. Right? This is the business you've chosen. Injuries are part of the game. Frankly, I'm surprised there aren't more. I'm watching game after game after game, and I watch Red Zone, so I get a full grasp of the entire leg. And all I see is players, the hits they're taking. I mean, you would think that there would be more concussions in this league with the hits to the head that these guys are taking. So all of you Jet fans out there, if you think that Robert Sal is talking championship and you're buying in, I, I'm sorry. I can't endorse that statement. I just can't. Because it just doesn't make an awful lot of sense. You want to talk about we're going to be aggressive and we're going to be competitive next year? I'm with you. If you're telling me that you're thinking about championships, whew, come on. Like that famous line was, uh, I was born at night, it just wasn't last night. I'm not buying that. I can't. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me. We haven't spoken about the Giants, but we will. Tommy DeVito. I remember Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. Was that Joe Pesci that played him? Yeah. Joe Pesci was he was a great Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Boy, did he get his, huh? Oh, my goodness. I'm Howard David. You know who you are. Let's talk. 800-919-3776 on ESPN New York. You're listening to Howard David on 98.7 ESPN. One of the great coaches if not top three coaches in the history of the NBA. Chuck Daly understood the mentality of the NBA player. I was lucky enough to be around that guy for two years when he coached the Nets. I learned more about the NBA from Chuck Daly than I ever thought I knew about that league. He understood what made the NBA player tick. I would love to have seen Draymond Green play for Chuck Daly because all of this silliness that has surrounded Draymond Green, not just this year or last year or the year before, it's been going on forever. That guy, well, he's already going to get suspended. We don't know for how long. That guy is going to cost the Warriors dearly one day. 
Do I think he's a good player? Yes. Do I think he's harmful to the Warriors? Absolutely. Guy's an outstanding defensive player. He leads the league in ejections. How is that helpful to a team? <laughs> okay? I don't want to spend too much time on Draymond Green because, you know, you're drawing attention to a guy that needs to just stop it. Giants play on Monday night, one of the three games, I think, on Monday night against the Eagles. Talking to Saquon Barkley, why have the Eagles been so successful? Part of it is the tush-push. I mean, I think uh, they have a really good offensive line, and I think that they have a quarterback that can squat over 600 pounds. I don't think uh, a lot of teams have that. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, no diss to Tyrod or DJ or Tommy. Uh, you know, I know DJ gets in there and, and want to squat heavy, but uh, I don't think he can squat the number that Jalen can squat. So uh, when you have a really good line, a really good center, uh, and a quarterback that squats 600 pounds, so unless I start learning how to do quarterback sneaks, I don't know if we really can, you know, put that into our game. I think uh, we've been up and down this year on short downs, and uh, you know, we have some plays that work, and we can continue to improve on it. And wherever a call, we got to make it work. If you're a fan of the Eagles or any team that uses the quote-unquote tush-push, do you think it belongs? Me personally? No, I don't. Call me a purist. I don't. I think it's ridiculous. You get a whole bunch of guys pushing a guy over the goal line or over the first down marker? Come on. What is the game turning into? Why is Roger Goodell not doing something about that? Come on. Kamish, it's time for you to look at this thing and say, it's not great for the league. Come on. Football it's a game that obviously everybody in the country loves. Leads the country in ratings. Major League Baseball doesn't do the ratings of the NFL. Neither does the NBA. I'm just thinking, what is the point of it? Yeah, does it help you score? Yes, obviously. But I don't want that. It's a gimmick. I don't like gimmicks. That's just me. 1-800-919-3776. If you're a big Giant fan, big Jet fan, big 49er fan, I want to hear from you. Big Ravens fan. See, I like the Ravens for one reason. I had Lamar Jackson in my fantasy, on my fantasy team. But he could drive you crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> do I think he's a great quarterback? Yes, I do. Best quarterback in the league right now? No. Tua in Miami, a lot of weapons. Purdy in San Francisco, a lot of weapons. There's no accident here. It is what it is. Clear as the nose on your face. You see teams that have weapons that are going to win. There was only one steel curtain. There was only one greatest team on turf. By the way, the uh, Rams lead um, New Orleans 30-14. to 14. For those of you who care, or keeping score at home. 
I'd rather be doing this than sitting home watching football. That's just me. Now, you give me a television that I can watch the game while I'm doing this, then I got the best of both worlds. It's all good. The L.A. Chargers, when they fired Brandon Staley after getting not just beaten, they got humiliated 63-21 by the Raiders. Not one of the best teams in the league. You get trashed like that? Man, alive. Well, Brandon Staley gets fired. I thought it was a little bit premature, but I'm not the one doing it. And by the way, his boss, the general manager, Tom Telesco, also got fired. I don't want to... Firing coaches is not the quick fix answer to everything, you know? It just isn't. Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just, just an opinion. That's what this is all about. It's opinions. Is the tush push something that you like in the NFL? God bless you. Steve's going to talk to us uh, on the other side of the break about how his feeling is about the tush push. I just love the name. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the tush push. Think about that. People that don't even like the NFL know about the tush push. Everybody, whether you like football or not, you know about it, right? 1-800-919-3776. Talking about broadcasters before. Get into that when we come back. A lot to talk about. I'm Howard David. This is ESPN New York. 